Welcome to this podcast by City Point Church, Redcliffe. We are so happy you could join us and pray that the following message will encourage and empower you. Well, here we are, and it is my privilege to be able to bring the Word of God tonight. And um, I'm really believing that it might get a little bit rowdy as I preach tonight. My mission tonight is to preach you into victory. My assignment tonight is to preach you into victory. My assignment tonight is to bring a word of faith. And you know, faith comes by hearing, hearing the word of God. And so I pray that as I preach tonight, you'll hear something of the spirit that stirs faith in you to a place of victory. Lord God, we just commit the next few moments to you. Father, I pray that more than the words that come out of my mouth, it would be something of your spirit that is imparted tonight. Father, I thank you that anybody listening would receive an impartation of faith by hearing your word and knowing of your goodness and your character tonight. Father, I thank you that your desire is for us to live in the wholeness you purchased for us in Jesus, to never settle for anything less. And so tonight I pray that you'd stir us again to step into the portion that you purchased for us. And everyone who wanted that in their lives said, amen. Amen. Currently our theme is revive. Can you say revive? Revive. It is an amazing theme. This concept of what is reviving? Well, reviving is bringing something back to life. Reviving is putting energy back into something that may be lacking in energy. That's what reviving is. And so this, this theme, Revive, is so powerful. And do you know what? In Christianity, it's everything. Without the resurrection, we have nothing. Christianity is based around a cross and a resurrection. And so this concept of revival is core to who we are as believers. Do you believe in Jesus? Do you believe in his death and resurrection? Well, if that's the case, you believe that he can make what was bad good. He can turn things around. And life is full of stories of overcoming. You don't have to look very far to be inspired by somebody's story of overcoming. Yes, the enemy would want you to focus on the stories that are not so good, but you don't have to look very far to know that the human spirit, when it partners with the Spirit of God, impossible things take place. And that's the truth. It's powerful. God turns things around. We've been singing about it tonight. What the enemy meant for evil, God turns around for good. Do you believe that? It's in the word of God. No weapon formed against us will prosper. The first verse of that last song says, you know what? Well, the weapon may be formed, but it won't prosper. No one ever promised us a sweet ride, but we are promised victory. The weapon may be formed, but it won't prosper. If you're with me, say amen. You know, something that I've just realized lately, and it's something that's been in my core for my whole Christian life, but you know, sometimes when rubber hits the road, what's on the inside gets tested. And I've had to remind myself that if God was small enough to be understood, he wouldn't be big enough to be worshipped. 
And so in order for us to step into the miraculous and into the impossible, we have to allow God to be the God of the mystery. Bill Johnson always says, if you want the peace that passes understanding, you have to give up the right to understand. And this is the thing, will you allow God his mystery? Will you allow him to be the God of the mystery? Because when you can allow him to be the God of the mystery, guess what? He's also the God of the miraculous. But if you have to figure everything out, you may not allow him to be the God of the miraculous. And he is the God who turns things around. He is the God that does the miraculous. Do you believe it today? And so sometimes in life, you just have to pick yourself up. Turn to the person next to you and say, pick yourself up. Yeah. Turn to the other person and say, pick yourself up. Auntie Joyce Meyer. Who knows Auntie Joyce? Rejoice with Joyce. Auntie Joyce, she says, you cannot be both pitiful and powerful at the same time. Pick yourself up. Turn to the other person again. Pick yourself up. You're powerful. You cannot be both pitiful and powerful at the same time. I want to tell you tonight, when life gives you lemons, ask God to help you make lemonade. Sell it at a profit and make the devil pay. Pick yourself up. Realize, realize who you're partnering with. It's the mysterious God of the miraculous. The title of my message today is Flip the Script. Can you say it with me? Flip the script. We have to flip the script. Do you know there are many times in life where a script will be handed to you and you have the authority to accept it or flip it. And so the title of my message is Flip the Script. And I'm going to ask you to come with me on a little journey. Four ways, and there are many, but for the sake of a 25-minute preach, we're only going to do four. Four ways to flip the script. Are you coming? Are you coming? First one is, if you're going to flip the script, you have to flip your questions into confessions. Now listen, there's nothing wrong with questions. In fact, God loves our questions. He loves our questions so long as we're satisfied with his answers. But we have to come to a place where we flip all our questions into confessions. Pastor Lee Ramsey said to me once, don't ask why, why never has an answer. Why doesn't have an answer? Why will torture you? Instead of asking why, which never has an answer, ask what now? That always has an answer. It always has an answer. And so instead, it really depends on what questions you're asking because we need to be able to confess the right thing. We have to disarm our wrong questions and step back into what we know. It's okay to have questions so long as you go back to what you know. 
and stand on what you know. Go back to what you know. And do you know what we have? We have the Word of God, and that is more than enough. It's more than enough to stand on, His character, His Word. And we have to open our mouths, we have to confess it, we have to say it out loud, we have to give thanks and praise, we have to declare His goodness, we have to turn our questions into confessions. We have to turn our fear into praise. Paul and Silas in Acts 16 were thrown into the deepest part of the prison. Why? Because they were doing, they were in ministry. They were doing the work of God. I don't know whether you've ever been in that place where you're like, God, I was doing what you wanted me to do and now things are really, really bad. And they're in the middle of the prison, in the deepest prison, in chains around their ankles and their hands. They've got a guard on watch. And it says in Acts 16, chapter 25, at around midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God and the other prisoners were listening. Suddenly, there was a massive earthquake and the prison doors were shaken, the prison was shaken to its foundations. All the doors immediately flew open and the chains of every prisoner fell off. Turn your fear into praise. Do you know what the enemy wants you to do when you're afraid is to stay quiet? Do you know what he wants you to do is to cry and cower and there's nothing wrong with crying, but you have to at some point turn your fear into praise. Fill the atmosphere of where you dwell with the praise and thanks of God. Create an atmosphere the devil can't stand to be around. Do you know what? Praise does that. And it loosens shackles. It opens prisons. And not just for you, but for other people. I don't know how many times a day I'll just say out loud, praise the Lord. Sometimes I feel like I'm a, like a parrot. But do you know what? I want the enemy to hear me every time I say it. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. My little guy, Jesse, walks around the house singing at the top of his lungs. All the worship songs. And so many times he'll just sing a song and I'm like, I'm hooking that up to the speaker and I'm putting that on Spotify, and we blare it. Fill your atmosphere with praise. Open your mouth. Shout to God. Give Him thanks and praise. Declare His goodness. If we want to see our situations revived, we have to guard our confession. You know, there's a story in Mark chapter 5 where Jesus is on mission as always. And this man named Jairus, who's a well-known ruler, a leader in the community, comes to him and he says, Jesus, my daughter is actually dying. She's so close to death. Will you come to my house? Because I know you can heal her. And so Jesus says to him, sure. And so they get on their way. And then just as they're on their way, someone from Jairus' house comes. And he says, Jairus, stop bothering the teacher. She's died. And on hearing it in Mark chapter 5, verse 36, 
as soon as Jesus heard the word that was spoken by a first-hand expert, someone who'd seen the reality with their own eyes, he heard the testimony and Jesus said to Jairus, don't be afraid, just believe. And he then, Jesus didn't permit anyone except Peter, James, and John to come with him. And he went to the house of Jairus and he saw so many people there wailing and weeping loudly. And he came and said to them, why is this commotion? Why make this commotion and weep? Listen, listen to the confession. The child is not dead, but asleep ludicrous, ridiculous, church, there are facts, and then there's the truth. And whatever God says is the truth. Not the facts. The facts are not always the truth because he's the God of the mystery, because he's the God of the miraculous, He's the God that doesn't bow to anybody's confession. If we have the faith to listen to the voice of Jesus, the child is not dead, but asleep. Guess what? They ridiculed him. But when he put them outside, he took the father and the mother and those who were with him, who were Peter, James, and John, and they went into where the child was laying. He took the child by the hand and said, Talitha Kumi, which means little girl, I say arise, and immediately the girl arose and walked. Beware of your confessions. Flip the lies with the truth. And anything that is not the truth of the word of God is a lie. Flip the lies with the truth. Flip the accusations with declarations. Remove words like might or could or what if. No, no, Jesus is on his way. And he said, do you know, I have the hindsight now that if I was face to face with Jairus, I'd be able to say to him, it's going to be all right. But you and I need to believe that. We need to believe that no matter what we're facing, it's going to be all right. It's powerful. And you know, we flip, we flip the script by flipping our questions into confessions. Jesus did this himself. He did this himself. The enemy, when Jesus did what the Spirit led him to do, the Spirit led him to go into the wilderness and he fasted for 40 days. While he was there, the enemy came and tempted him. And so we shouldn't be surprised. You know, often people are like, God, use me, God, use me, and then they complain when they feel used. God, I just want to pour myself out, and then they complain when they're tired. You know, the Spirit of God will lead us to do things, and the Spirit of God led Jesus into the wilderness to fast, and at the end of his fasting period, the enemy came and tormented him. In Matthew 4, he comes and he taunts Jesus. Didn't God say this? Didn't God say that? He is so good at perverting the Word of God. He's so good at making it sound so right. And can I tell you, that's what culture's doing right now. It's twisting the beautiful things of the kingdom of God. And so 
Satan comes in three times. Matthew 4 verse 3, if you're the son of God, tell these stones to become bread because he's hungry, because he's been fasting. Jesus says, no, the scriptures say people don't live by bread alone, but every word that comes out of the mouth of God. Verse 7, verse 6, sorry, Satan then tempts him again and says, look, um, if you're the son of God, jump off, for the scriptures say that he'll order his angels to protect you and they will hold you up with their hands so you won't even hurt your foot on a stone. He's testing the word of God. He's tempting Jesus to, to test God. And Jesus goes, no, the scriptures say you must not test the Lord your God. Verse 9, he's tempting Jesus again. If you'll just bow down to me, I'll give everything to you. Just kneel down and bow down to me and listen to what he says. Get out of here. Get out of here, Jesus told me. The scriptures say you must, not worship the, you must only worship the Lord your God and serve him alone. And then the devil went away and the angels came and took care of Jesus. He didn't engage in conversation. He just came back with the word of God every single time. Scripture tells us, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee. I want to tell you, he cannot withstand your resistance forever. You are on the winning team. You resist him long enough and submit to God long enough, the enemy's going to flee from your life. And there's nothing more secure than the word of God. Sometimes we feel like all I have is the word of God. Can I tell you, if all you've got is the word of God, that is more than enough. If that's all you've got, you've got a lot. And so stand on it. Quote it out loud in first person. Decree and declare, morning, evening, noonday, all through the day. Bring the evidence of the Word of God into the courtroom that your accuser is dragging you into and just say, you know what, all these lies, they're false. This is the truth, and the Word of God says this, and the precedent of God has always been this, and the promise of God is this, and the prophetic nature of what He's told me is this, and we bring that into the courtroom and allow our judge to make the final call. And I want to tell you, He loves His children, and He knows the devil's a liar. Does anyone else know that the devil is a liar? Number two, if you're going to flip the script, flip self, with service. Flip self with service. In the midst of challenge, the very real temptation is to focus on self, to become introspective and self-focused. We even become tired and weary, and when we're tired and weary, we have limited personal reserves. Am I right? And when we get to a point of limited reserves, all you can do is barely keep your own head above water. And so the devil, what he wants you to do is he wants you to be ineffective. He wants to restrict you. So he tries to wear us down to a point where we're no longer ministering to anyone. We're focused on ourselves. And so if you want to flip the script, if you want to rise up, you flip self with service. Look at Joseph, the beautiful life of Joseph. No matter where he was, he was serving. 
and no one could keep him down. His brothers sold him as a slave and he was such a good servant in his master's house that he was promoted. Eventually he was accused falsely and thrown into prison. And he's in prison and he starts serving the jail keepers. And so they're like, this guy's awesome. They start giving him responsibility and favor. Eventually, he comes out of prison and he ends up in Pharaoh's house. Eventually, he's the prime minister of Egypt. You couldn't keep him down no matter what was happening to him. And everything that happened to him was unfair. None of it was the fruit of his own poor choices. All of it was inflicted on him unfairly and he kept serving. If you want to flip the script, if you want to get out of the pit, if you want to get out of the prison, serve. Serve someone else. You know, just recently, you know, it's no secret that we've been going through a little bit. And just recently, I was also feeling quite unwell. And so the doctor sent me off for a few tests, and one of them was a blood test. And on the way to the blood test, I was just like, God, I need your strength. I need you to sustain me. I need your perspective all the way there. And I get there, and I'm sitting outside the door waiting for my time to go in and have my blood test. And and the man doing the blood test, opens the doors, a a man in his 60s, he said he was in his 60s, and he goes, oh, here she is, come on in. I was like, all right. So I went in and sat down, and um, and he started asking me questions, which I'm sure he asks the same questions to every single patient who comes in. So what do you do? Well, and I am spent. I'm emotionally, physically spent. I've got no reserves. Well, (laughs) I'm a pastor. Really? Well, why do you do that? Well, actually, there's nothing more rewarding than seeing a life completely set free and turned around. He's like, oh. And so we get into this amazing conversation. And then I flip it and I start asking him about him. Well, why do you do what you do? And he's like, wow, like no one's ever asked me about me. Key, hello, stop talking about yourself. You want a door into someone's life, actually care about them. And he goes, he starts telling me about what he's been through in his life. And I said to him, do you believe in God? And he goes, you're picking something up, aren't you? I said, I reckon, I reckon that you do. I, I think that you are aware of the spirit realm. And he said, I have to be honest, I've been aware of God since I was a child and no one's ever told me about God. And he said, I believe I'm more a spirit than I am a natural person. I said to him, if you could have more of anything in your life, what would you ask for? I'm setting him up to pray for him. And he's like, whoa, what a question. But by now, my blood is well and truly being taken and I no longer need to be in this seat. If I could have more of anything, what would I ask for? And then he said, Do you know, I'd ask for more, an ability to impart freedom to people. And I said to him, would you like me to pray for you? And he goes, I knew you'd offer that. (laughs) And he goes, yeah, yeah. And so I said, is it all right if I just hold your hand? He already had his hand out. 
I prayed for him. You know, so I said, you know, I really believe that your desire to impart freedom is so in line with the heart of God that he wants to give that to you. And so, you know, I went to town. I'm praying over this guy that he wouldn't be able to deny the reality of God, that everything precious to him would be blessed, that God would give him the desires of his heart. And you know what? I went to that appointment feeling like I had nothing. I still actually had so much to give. And I want to encourage you, when you're going through things, flip it. Flip it. I want to promise you, you won't break. You won't break. In fact, I walked out of there feeling 100% better. Flip it. And I really believe they're the moments when I'm weak, then he's strong. That's when God really shows his power. You just walk away going, what was that? God's like, that was a divine appointment. That's what that was. Be a river, not a reservoir. Matthew 10 verse 8. Freely you have received the power of the kingdom. So freely release it to others. Serve others. Step outside of yourself. Step beyond yourself. Look beyond yourself. Be practical help to someone else. You will frustrate the enemy when you rise up by serving God. Enemy doesn't know what to do with someone who won't stay down. Keep serving. Number three, flip isolation with position. Flip isolation with position. In the midst of challenge, there's a really strong temptation to withdraw, retreat, hide, shrink back. Flip it. Position yourself right. In the midst of challenge, it is so important where you place yourself every moment. So flip the temptation to isolate with the wisdom to position yourself right. Our enemy, 1 Peter 5 verse 8 says, The enemy prowls around like a roaring lion looking whom, for whom he may devour. And if you look at just the laws of nature in Africa, the enemy, the, the lion picks off the people on the outside of the herd, the animals on the outside of the herd the ones who are just hanging back a bit. And he's roaming around all the time. And if he can isolate you, if he can pull you away, he's got you. He's got you. You know, King David in 2 Samuel 11 says this, beautiful King David, heart after God, victorious king. In verse 11, at chapter 11, verse 1, in the spring of the year, listen, when the kings normally go out to war. David sent Joab and the Israelite army to fight the Ammonites, and they destroyed the Ammonite army and laid siege on the city of Rabbah. However, David stayed behind in Jerusalem. Late one afternoon after his midday rest, David got out of bed and was walking on the roof of the palace, and as he looked out over the city, he noticed a woman of unusual beauty taking a bath. And that was his fall because he was in the wrong place at the wrong time 
doing the wrong thing. It's so important for us to be in position. It's so important for us to position ourselves right. Church, always be in the right place at the right time, doing the right thing with the right people. My mum has always said to me, promise me you'll never skip a Sunday in church. Unless you're contagious, there is no reason you should not be here. There is no reason you should not be here. Unless you're contagious, there is no reason. There is no reason. There is no reason that you shouldn't be here. This is the place he wants to keep you away from. This is the first place you'll stop coming. But come, come in the midst of the struggle and watch your faith be built in an hour and a half. You'll stand here and go, of course, this is the only place to be. Of course, this is where I need to be. You know, the enemy will use common sense like you need to rest. You know, everyone would understand. It's totally justified. He'll use common sense to take you out of position. Beat him at his own dumb game. Be where God says you should be. In the midst of the people of God. Hebrews 10, the author said in verse 25, let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do, but let us encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. The psalmist said over and over again, I was overjoyed when they said to me, let us come into the presence of the Lord. I was overjoyed when I had the privilege of being with the throng of worshipers and hearing the sound of their worship. The psalmist said over and over again, one day in your courts is better than a thousand anywhere else. There's nothing out there that can compare to being in the presence of God with His people in the sound of faith, rising up together. We are strengthened and boldened and built in these times. We need to position ourselves when the temptation to isolate comes. Location, location, location. Last one, flip action with affection. Flip action with affection. You know, many of us are fix-it people. <laughs> I can fix this. I've fixed it my whole life. I've fixed everything. And we get busy and we wrap our hurt in busy. Anyone? Anyone? We wrap our fear in busy. We wrap everything in busy. And we try to fix it on our own. And I'm not saying stop doing. I'm saying put affection before the doing. 
Make sure the motivation is right. Let all we do be done in love, yielded, surrendered. And you know, it's hard to surrender when you're in the middle of challenge. It's hard to go (laughs) surrender, devotion, affection. But Jesus said this in Matthew 11. Maybe you need to close your eyes and listen to his words. Are you tired? Are you worn out? Are you burned out on religion, on works? Come to me. Get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. You'll learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn how to live freely and lightly. God doesn't need your doing. He desires your heart. He doesn't eliminate the work. He just reprioritizes it. Scripture says faith without works is dead, but works without faith is even worse. One of my favorite Psalms is Psalm 50. Listen to me, O my people, listen well, for I am your God. I'm bringing you to trial, and here are my charges. I do not rebuke you for your sacrifices, which you continually bring to my altar. But do I need your young bulls or your goats from your fields as if I was hungry? Every animal of the field and forest belongs to me. I'm the creator. I know every movement of the birds in the sky and every animal of the field is in my thoughts. The entire world and everything it contains is mine. If I were hungry, do you think I'd tell you? For all that I've created, the fullness of the earth is mine. Am I fed by your sacrifice? Of course not. Why don't you bring me the sacrifice I desire? Bring me your true and sincere thanks and show me your gratitude by keeping your promises to me, the Most High. Honor me by trusting me in your day of trouble. Cry aloud to me and I'll be there to rescue you. We flip the script when we trust him, when we bring our affection to him. The offering of a broken heart God won't despise. Psalm 51, the next verse. Lord, unlock my heart, unlock my lips, I and I will overcome with joyous praise. For the source of your pleasure is not my performance or the sacrifices I might offer you. The fountain of your pleasure is found in the sacrifice of my shattered heart before you. You will not despise my tenderness as I bow down humbly at your feet. Flip action with affection. Flip it. Come to him as you are. Not in all you're doing and all you're busy. That comes later. After you remember you're his kid. He loves you. And all he wants is a relationship with you. Everything else comes out of that. Thank you for listening. If you made a decision to follow Jesus, 
Congratulations. This is the beginning of a life-changing journey. We encourage you to tell someone about your decision and pray and read the Bible every day. We also recommend attending a church in your local area. We have many City Point Church services across Brisbane and the world this Sunday. You can find out more about our service times and locations at citypointchurch.com. We are so excited to see you there.